slow-mo 94 and his uh, retro hat collection. Uh, you see that nerd has has a St. Louis Cardinals hat. I have a retro New York Yankees hat on backwards, though. You see yes. a lovely face, but yeah. Oh, I should, yeah. Uh, Rock my oh. retro Bills hat. Is that what you're saying? There we go. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. So our, our guest today um, probably needs no introduction. He is a content um, creator at Dynasty Pros. Um, you know, he's all over the place. He's jumping on pods. He's got Kay Adams retweeting him and jumping all over his show as well. Um, but we're, we're, we're <laughs> very happy to have Dustin at um, the Dunnit 13. How you doing, Dustin? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I, I guess I'm a, I'm all over the place. I, I try to grind at it. It was really special to have Kay Adams uh, somewhat answer my question. She didn't really answer it, but it was nice to be mentioned on the show. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see Kay Adams doing the hard hitting um, deep dives in questions. You know, it's very political no. and, you know, she just smiles and, and, you know, stays on one side or the other, but doesn't really go go deep into it. Um, you know, for, for her reasons, obviously yeah. being that high up in, in one of the you know, mainstream shows, she's kind of just going to stay even keeled. Um, yep. But while we have you, you know, let's get into some, some stuff here. It's something that we yeah. always love to do. Um, you know, how did you get into dynasty in general? Like, how did you get into the space of content creation and, you know, just, just overall diving into all things dynasty? Yeah, so I've been playing fantasy football for about almost probably 30 years. I'm 40, so probably 20, 25 years, almost 30 years, redraft in the family league. Um, and then a buddy of mine was like, hey, we're doing a dynasty league. Uh, it was actually a keeper league. He's like, do you want to get in? I said, yeah, let me try it out. Really loved that. And then it was kind of crumbling apart. And me and a couple of guys, we really want to do dynasty. We found a couple of us through a friend of a friend that was starting a dynasty league started doing that and at the same time a friend that was in the keeper league with me a rich Holt, rich holman he was like hey i know you like to write i write for pitcher list which is a fantasy baseball site they also have qb list which is the fantasy football side of that site he's like they're looking for writers i think you'd be great you should apply so i reached out to the editor sent him a sample and i had written a couple things you know here and there for other little you know, sites pollsports.com was great to put some of my stuff up there you know, just was like, hey, I, I, I want to write something with you. So I was like, yeah, started writing for QB list and then realized like, man, I really enjoy this. I've always loved writing, um, really love the dynasty aspect of trading. And so it was like, man, I just love this space. And I was like, man, there's so much more content that I could create out there. So originally just started doing sit starts for QB list. And they're like, what else do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to do this. Um, what I call the dynasty future report. So I started it in 2021. I started it uh, October, November, December, um, picked it up in 22 and now I do it year round. So every month I list basically five really like deep, deep sleepers um, guys that you are probably free um, in your, or on your waiver wire that you can get thrown in on trades and hopefully they pay some dividends down the road. So in 2021, I was saying, pick up Josh Palmer, right? Like look at Mike Williams contracts coming up, like Keenan Allen's getting older, Jalen Guyton's done squat. Like, pick him up now. He's free. And hopefully next year, you know, Mike Williams moves on. He fills it. Now they signed Mike Williams, but Palmer still had a role. So I was like, okay, tip my cap to that. I was saying, like, two years ago, pick up Kyle Trask. Like, Tom Brady's not going to be there forever. He's going to get a shot. Like, Kyle Trask was fifth in the Heisman voting that year. Like, he's not a bad quarterback. Like, he was a really good quarterback. He just had not great draft capital, went to Tampa Bay. 
they brought in Tom Brady, so obviously Brady's going to start. So it's things like that where here's some guys. So, you know, Pierre Strong, I was on Pierre Strong a long time ago. Yep, that's how we, we connected. I was like, man, I was on a while ago. I was probably the first first person you can find that was on the Isaiah Hodgins bandwagon. My article came out in November last year, November 16th. I think November 20-something, he scored a touchdown. Like, And then he scored touchdowns in like five straight weeks. Like, I was the first one, like, hey, here's a guy you need to pick up now. <laughs> pick him up. He's tall. He played for Dable in Buffalo. Like, he's a good player. I thought he would break up the following year. He just happened to break up that season. So I was like, man, I was the first on that train. So little things like that just so I try to lay out the pathway of here's their pathway to fantasy relevancy, right? Whether it's the contracts, the people in front of them, whether it's, you know, hey, they're injured or whatever it is. And try to lay out like, hey, here's some guys, you know, here's Josh Palmer. Mike Williams might be gone. Yes, they could draft someone. But as of right now, he has the opportunity to step in that role or he's on the third on that team that has Justin Herbert, that has an aging Austin Eckler that wants to throw the ball. So it's I try to lay out the pathway and then lay out like what their previous success is. So doing that, uh, signed on with Dynasty Pros. I'm their content director, um, hooked up with Bob Miller, who's our founder and CEO. He was looking for someone to help kind of run the site. I love that kind of organization and path and planning things out. That's my that's my passion for a lot of it is, okay, we're going to have, if we run the article every day, how do we get there and what do we get articles? And so building that team and Dynasty Pros has been growing ever since. We got a great media director, Nick, who's been putting YouTube out there and videos and stuff and. So I just had a, uh, an article on Dalton Schultz hit. So it's a series I've been tinkering with for a couple of years now called Argue With Myself. I basically lay out the pros and cons. So it's the optimistic side and the pessimistic side. And we basically, I battle with myself over whether Dalton Kincaid is going to be good or not. Um, so just kind of come at things a different different way, you know, grinding on Twitter, connecting with, you know, people in the community like you guys, you know, the fans, people who play, people who make content and uh, just kind of get out there. So I've been doing Dynasty now for four years. Um, don't get into IDP. Don't quite get into like, Campus to Canton or any of those sort of things. It's just too much. I'm an all-in type guy. So if I'm going to pick up those things, I'm going to want to know everything. And it's just too much. Yeah. Too many guys for me. So yeah, I don't go we that had... far, but that's that's where I get, get to. That's my line. Yeah, we had a buddy, Jagger May was on last week, and we were talking about how Dynasty is a gateway drug where you get into Dynasty and then you jump into, you know, the Devi content and yep. then your campus to Canton and then you're you're doing you're streamlining it off of the you know just just going crazy with it and no it crazy. doesn't it doesn't end so um i i understand that you're going to put a stance on just doing dynasty and staying with that and i respect that um i also I'm love a, that I'm, you're- a, I'm a heavy trader too so if i can focus on trades i've got spreadsheets and my buddy steve from front office pros makes fun of me because my dynasty spreadsheet, I have a spreadsheet for every team. Every team is color coded and there's the players and I can move things around so I can look at the team, see what their needs are, see what picks they have. Everything's got different colors. And so I'm I'm all into it. So I've got all my data and spreadsheets and I break down my team by bye weeks and where I need to pick up and add. I, I'm full on into it 24-7. Nice. I'm a big trader. I think JC is more conservative. I think if, if I'm wrong, just call me out, JC, and tell me <laughs> that that's not right. But I think he's he's more methodical with his trading. I just don't like to trade for the sake of trading. Yes. Like I, I want there yeah. to be some skin in the game on my side, getting something that I like. But I realize if I want to trade, I have to give something that the other team yes. is going to like as well, which I think is something that a lot of people just want to win the trade in general, which it's bad business overall if you're a sure. manager. Yep. But going to Dustin's article concept and stuff like that, that stuff's important because, like, say, like a Brock Purdy, for example, Mr. Yes. Irrelevant last year, you pick him up off the waiver wire. Yeah, he's probably going to be nothing, but 
he is something he's now, something. and he just gained a lot of value, like that Isaiah Hodgins kind of thing. You get Isaiah Hodgins and like maybe tack on a third, kick him over to a playoff contender or something, get a second back if you're a rebuild team. That's why if you're rebuilding in Dynasty, it's really important to know what's out there on the waiver wire and to take those shots because you could then kind of package them kind of like from the big short where you get like the yep. collateral, collateral debt organization. You just take all these tranches and kind of package up a bunch of bull crap. And then, hey, I got a second round pick out of all this free stuff now. So, yeah, yeah I mean, good. like Kyle Trask is one of those players that he's been on the Buccaneers for two years now, just behind Brady. So two years ago, you could have picked him off waivers the last week of the season. And now all of a sudden you have a possible starter. I think who should be the starter, but you have a possible starter. Sam Howell was the same way. He sat there and languished away not playing last year you could pick them up for free on your waivers maybe someone had them on their taxi squad you get them thrown in in a bigger trade and now you have a starter now the converse of that is like matt corral who's now worth nothing right so it's always gonna be hit or misses and when you're dealing with those deep 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 sleepers you may miss on a bunch of them but they're not going to cost you anything i'm talking about guys you're going to spend either get off your waivers who are going to be the add-in in your trades right so if you're a trade-in Tyreek Hill for Christian McCaffrey, right? Then you go, well, why don't you throw in Isaiah Hodgins? They go, oh, yeah, who's this guy? He's nobody. Throw him in, and then also you have a, you have a player that could be a flex player for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. And it's, you know, far away from most content that is almost like an echo chamber where it's yes. talking about the same guys over and over again, over and, over and over. it's the same list, and it's everyone just saying, sell this guy, buy this guy, sell this guy, buy this guy. Yep. And everyone's doing the same thing over and over again. So if you can go against the grain and buy, pick up these guys for free or buy them on the cheap and then hold on to them and then resell them or even just yeah. maybe hold on and, and get that, that little diamond in the rough, um, yep. I think that's great, great content to be putting out. Um, but what we like to do on this show, um, this brand new show of ours, is we find <laughs> out um, our guest's favorite show in general. And then we ask um, what character would be the best dynasty or fantasy manager on that on that show. So you pick Psych as one of your shows. Yes. And I'll, I'll be honest, I have never watched Psych. Oh, and you're missing out. I'm rewatching it right now, and I love it. I I just watched a couple episodes before we went on today because I wanted to actually have some content context and and figure out who was who and and um you know I didn't really get any character development, but I kind of have a a good idea so i think i know who you're gonna say but i'll let you i'll let you take the floor here so character from the show so james roday who plays sean spencer is a fantasy guy he's friends with scott fish like has been on a couple shows so in real life i think he's the best manager i think he's in his character sean is a little too scattered brain he'd be the wild card in your league that's just trading just to trade and would make all these crazy moves you'd be like what are you doing I think Gus is too conservative and wouldn't want to make any trades. He'd be playing scared. So I'm actually going to take uh, Carlton Lasseter, who's the detective on the show, okay. kind of an uptight guy, but is very cerebral on some level of he plots out. He's a detective. He has that mind of like, okay, this guy did this because, and so he can has that analytical mind in my mind where he would go, okay, if I trade this guy now for this and this, it's going to pay off down the road. So he's going to, he's going to have that long-term strategy. And I think he would play the long game in dynasty. He wouldn't be this. I'm going to win. Now I'm going to compete. And he's super competitive, but he's also going to go, okay, this will be good for me long-term and kind of set things up. So he's who I think would be the best dynasty manager, but I would love to play in a league with Sean Spencer. Cause he's just that wild card of, and like, he's got that super yeah. observant mind. And I think he would pick up on 
I think he would almost overanalyze where he'd go, oh man, this guy got, you know, 97% of the targets this week or ran a bunch of extra snaps. It must continue, but it's not always true. And he would just make these wild trades just because he sees one little thing. So he'd be the wild card. He'd be a lot of fun to have in the league, but I don't think he'd be a good manager. Yeah, I love I love leagues like that where it's guys that are are so deep into analytics that they are, you know what I mean? Like it's just like whatever it is, like the shoe color that they had and the, yes. and the number of games that they played with that that certain shoe color is going to really boost up. And he knows what shoe color he's going on on Sunday. This and that. Like I, I'm in leagues with guys like that, and it's it's insane. the and, it's the Kirk Cousin can't play primetime games, but is a four o'clock game on the East Coast a primetime game or not? Or you know, and or Justin Herbert can't fly to the East Coast because of the time zone difference, or you know, teams that fly into London on Wednesday do better than teams that fly in on Friday. Like, okay, cool. I guess maybe there's some correlation, but it's not causation. So, yeah, yeah, fun guys to be in leagues with, but I mean, I don't know if I want to hang out with them. If I'm being yeah, honest, I agree. Um, <laughs> uh, so I guess to kick it off, we are doing a running back show. So I wanted to just kind of, you know, get it, get it opened with, um, our favorite running back all time, you know, and, and this doesn't have anything to do with fantasy. This is, you know, real life running back, somebody that maybe you grew up like really admiring, watching somebody that really got you into, you know, football in general. Um, I'll go with you, JC. I'll start with you. Who do you, who's your all time running back? Well, I'm a Steelers fan. Um, when I was young, when I was 10, they won the Super Bowl. So Jerome Bettis was hmm. a big influence on me. I like guys that are power runners, like the Mike Allstott types, you know, put them in the dirt, stuff like that. I think probably my, the one of the first jerseys I can remember getting my Pop Warner team was the the Seahawks. So I was a big Sean Alexander guy. Okay. Love Sean Alexander. And I think he kind of just did all the things that you needed to do to be a good running back traditional three down skill set Alabama guy played hard I remember watching him when I was younger he would eat a bowl of spaghetti before the games which I yeah. found very relatable as like an eight year old <laughs> so uh, I'll go with Sean Alexander as my favorite of all time nice how about you Dustin well I've got my uh sign Thurman Thomas card right here uh obviously I'm a Bills fan if you couldn't tell you know I grew up in the 90s when this is my starter jacket from when I was a teenager in the 90s my authentic one that I wore almost every day. Huge Bills fan. Love Thurman Thomas um, for what he did for the Bills. But I do have a soft spot for Rashad Mendenhall from the Steelers. Um, I believe it was Bettis. It might have been someone else. And he got hurt. And I was sitting at the computer. It was like Sunday afternoon. They're like, oh, the starter's down. And my dad was like, who's the backup? And I was like, Rashad Mendenhall. It was the first, like, looking back, that was the first time I was like, that's where I knew the deep down. I was like, he's, and my dad was like, is he worth picking up? I'm like, yes, pick him up. Like, he's a good running back. Like, grab him and my dad did and he ended up going to the championship that year i didn't have room on my roster to get him but my dad you know needed a running back so i have a soft spot for that because that was like my first ever like i called him called it good knew knew who the backup was before anybody else and you know knew how to go get him so my dad could go get him and, and win a championship so i do have a soft spot for him nice yeah i love that that these favorites have been created over time based off of you know winning you championships yeah. or you know they just leading you into the promised land at least you know for certain years um i think my all-time favorite somebody that i grew up watching day in and day out and made me a cowboy fan like early on uh, is emmett smith yeah i know uh, well i'm not i'm no longer a cowboys <laughs> fan but that's that's the okay, whole good. that's the whole that emmett smith had on me you know his his just yeah. overall you know 
his game in general, everything this all around game. Um, I just, you know, I, I was very young and I had never seen somebody take over a game the way that Emma Smith could take over a game. Um, but I think as I got older and finally got into dynasty, Jamal Charles kind of stole my heart because mm. he was a little guy and he exploded in, in every game, you know, multi touchdown games, um, you know, great on the outside actually could run through the middle run through tackles as a small guy um something that you know as a smaller football player growing up i just you know i've I loved watching that and i was like you know if jamal charles can run through tackles like like that i can i can do that you know so yeah. he, he spoke to me and i i, I do have a, a a soft spot for jamal charles as well but i'm a patriots fan and there's no running back that has ever really caught my eye yeah. on the Patriots. No. You know, Fuck killing Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon, I know, but he's just so, you know, he he's a, a free agent that they scooped up from Cincinnati and he was never really like a Patriot. I mean, I love I loved Corey Dillon on the Patriots, but it was like, I don't know. It'd be like um, taking Najee right now and throwing him wherever, on the Bills or something, yeah. you know? He, he's, it's not the same. He's still... It's not the same, you know. You need that 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 player that comes up and is drafted by the organization, and you know, just makes his name for that team. But yeah, well, you might have one in Ramondre. We'll see. Oh man, we're gonna get into that right now, actually. <laughs> so I, I do want to get into the meat and potatoes of the of the show and talk about our top twelve running backs. So, like I said, it's post draft and. I think it's fun to kind of get the early rankings and talk about, you know, where we have guys and, and why we're a little higher on certain guys and lower on certain guys, um, you know, and, and kind of compare and contrast our list and then just kind of see. Um, I, I love having my mind change. So if you guys have a different ranking than me and you have somebody higher than me, I, I would love to hear why. Um, that's something that I, the reason why I do this kind of stuff is yeah. – um, you know, I, I, I just love to be open with rankings. So um, we did post most of our rankings. I don't know, JC, do you want to go first and just kind of go through your top 12 and then we can kind of bounce around and, and figure out, you know, who we're higher and lower on? Sure. Yeah. And Thurman Thomas, I was on a Jeopardy show, Life of Dynasty League podcast. I think he had like four straight PPR RB1 or like yeah. top five finishes or something back like in that stretch. So yeah. Thurman Thomas was real was the real deal back then. Was the real that. deal, yep. I'd love to have him on my dynasty team right now if he was if he was still playing. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately not though. Um I think I have Bijan one just like everybody. And then these next four I kind of have in a tier of Brees, Christian McCaffrey, JT, and Gibbs. Um then I have Barkley and Etienne in a tier of their own, so like third tier. And then I have Jacobs, Najee, and Pollard at 8, 9, 10 in another tier. And then I have Eckler and uh, Kenneth Walker the third to finish it out 11 and 12. And running back, I mean, we kind of alluded to it last episode a little bit. It's just kind of gross. Like, once you get past, like, RB, like, 6, it's like, is ETN my RB7? Uh, like, I guess, like, just because of age and opportunity and contract and – all these metrics that we like and he's kind of produced in the time that he's been allowed to play, but I don't know. I just, I don't feel particularly strongly about anybody from that RB seven to like RB 
17, 18 range. Like I think you could kind of plug a lot of guys in and make an argument from the be in the top 12 because a lot of these running backs were looking at them in like a two to three year window because they're not really expecting anybody to get past that original rookie contract. And if they do, that's great. All the better for you. But at the same time, is it necessarily going to happen more times than not? It, it doesn't. Um, so I'm just looking for how good can these guys be in like a two to three year window. And I think that's why I have them ranked the way that I do. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, it, it is true though. Cause it, it really comes down to, um, you know, those contracts because you really don't get past that rookie contract in, in today's NFL, you know, you're not going to get a second contract nine times out of 10. It's, you know, you're going to get tagged and then tagged again. And then, you know, you're probably going to get shipped off and go sign on someone else for like a one or two year deal um, to kind of prove yourself again. And um, it's an ugly, that's why I say volatile because it's, you don't know, like look at Kenneth Walker, you know, everyone was, he's an untouchable, RB one, there's nothing that's going to change his value. You know, go buy him, buy him, buy him. Everyone was saying, screaming from the rooftops, go buy Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Um, and you know, they get Sharp, who was, you know, by default my RB three of this class. So I, I do have a lot of faith in Sharp um, to carve out a role in that team. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to, you know, sell Walker um, for half his value or move off of him. Um, by any means, because he's 22 right now. And a 22-year-old as a running back could, you know, eat up his rookie contract and then be the age of JT when he comes and, and, you know, gets tagged or moves on to a new team. So it's not – he's not dead in my mind. But that'll be a a fun segue to get into where I have Kenneth Walker right now. Um, So my my rankings are Bijan 1, Brees Hall 2, um, Jonathan Taylor three, I have Gibbs at four, um, and then I have CMC at five. Um, and sorry, my computer just like went to auto there. <laughs> uh, CMC at five. I have Travis Etienne at six, Kenneth Walker at seven, Barkley at eight, Ramondre at nine, Austin Eckler at ten. Josh Jacobs at 11, and then Najee at 12. Um, so I'm probably a little higher, I think, on Walker than you guys are. Um, and I think I might be a little lower on – I'm not sure. Where did you have Najee and Jacobs? Were they at the back end there? I had them at 8 and 9. I have uh, Jacob, yeah. Jacobs 8, Najee 9. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I was saying to sell Kenneth Walker before the draft even happened when he was being, <laughs> when he was being ranked as like RB four in dynasty, I thought it was an, an absurd value. So, um, not that I don't like the player. I just, if you have the opportunity to cash out on a guy as a top five running back and he probably just doesn't provide that ceiling as an asset because he just doesn't catch the ball enough to do that. Then I think you have to capitalize on that value. Yeah. I think him in this RB 12 to like 15 bucket is very reasonable. And you're happy with that valuation because he's almost like a younger Nick Chubb at this point. But I, I just couldn't get behind the the value of where he was at that point. I feel a lot more comfortable with what the price tag is now. Yeah. I, I don't mind that, but I think 
man, I was trying to go through my top 24 last night and running back is kind of a straight line when it gets past like nine or 10 for me, because these guys can be flip flopped. And we talked about wide receivers last, last week. And there's, it's like, you know, we're talking maybe not even five carries between 12 and 20, you know, they're, they're all um, in this giant little tier that any of them could be top 12, you know, anyone from your, your 12 to 20, it's really hard to kind of place value on those guys Um, because running back is situational um, most of the time. And it's, it's not like wide receiver where that talent is going to rise to the top and you're going to get those, those looks and, you know, those air yards and stuff like that. We're talking, you know, if you're on the team and somebody gets injured or if you're on the team and there's no depth in front of you, like Damian, um, sorry, Damian Pierce last year, like he got what he was getting like 25 carries a game, you know, and (laughs) they had no quarterback they were just feeding them the ball over and over and over again. Um, And he was a rookie mid second. Um, yeah. He was great, great value for last year, a screaming sell, obviously, but um, it, it is, it's situational for the most part. And, you know, that's, that's, it's tough to rank situational um, most of the time. And you have to go with your gut and you kind of have to rank with your, your perceived outlook of what's going to happen with that team. Um, but with that, we'll, we'll jump to you, Dustin, and, and talk about your top 12. Yeah, just a quick piggy off that. Like, it's also game script dependent, right? If you're on a team that's out of games as a running back, you're kind of game scripted out, where if your team's playing from behind, they're not using you as much. Or conversely, if you're on a team that is up and they can run the ball in the third and fourth quarter because they don't have to play catch-up, that running back, that plays a lot. So if you're looking at teams that are just – always going to be from behind like that that devalues their running back position where it increases their their wide receivers but wide receivers are still going to get the ball in the first and second quarter and then even more so in the third and fourth so for my rankings i i would say i'm generally more i would say risk adverse um so i do not have Bijan one i have jonathan taylor one uh christian mccaffrey two I have Bijan three, Brees Hall four, Jameer Gibbs five, Saquon at six, Jacobs at seven, Najee at eight, Etienne at nine, Tony Pollard at 10, Rashad White at 11, Ramondre at 12, and then I do have Ken Walker and Javante Williams at uh, 13 and 14. Let me ask you about Jonathan Taylor. Um, So, you know, we know that he was injured. He had the ankle thing going on last year, and – um, he really didn't get that that full run that he was getting um, yep. previously because why are you going to play your best player on a I guess a, a lost year you know lost, had yeah. Matt Matt Ryan throwing the ball and then they they moved on to their third string quarterback towards the middle of there and it was just what they weren't doing anything so why play Jonathan Taylor um, do you fully expect him to you know revert back to the Jonathan Taylor that we all know and he's going to you know, be that workhorse um, with Anthony Richardson, perhaps starting day one. Do you think that that's going to affect his value at all? I think it affects it some, but I still think he's a workhorse. If you look at his rookie season, 232 carries, 2021 when he was RB1, he had 332. I don't think he gets to the 300 mark, but I think he's in the 250 to 275 range. He only had 192 last year. But rookie season, 11 touchdowns a year after that, 18. 
I think he's a lock for double-digit touchdowns, even with Anthony Richardson. Yes, he might lose some goal line work to Anthony Richardson, but that's depending on them getting to the goal line, which I think they're either going to be in from like the 30 or they're just going to be out. Like Anthony Richardson's super athletic. I have questions about his viability as a starter week one. I think Shane Sykin is smart enough to run the ball early in the season with Jonathan Taylor, get in the works, ease Richardson in. Even if he's not the starter, they're going to rely on Jonathan Taylor early. I don't mind their schedule this year. Like I think they can be competitive in games. They have a decent defense, so I don't think they'll be out of games. And I think Richardson running the ball, he can run that kind of read option if they want. I think it allows for for Taylor to get 350 or 250, 275 carries. I think he can easily get back to 10, 11, maybe even 13 touchdowns. Maybe even add one or two through the air. He's not a great pass catcher. I mean, he had 40 targets last year, 51 the year before, 39. So he's going to get close to that again, which is a decent number. But he maybe adds a couple, maybe a reception or two touchdown. So I like him over Bijan because there is still a chance that Bijan is a bust, right? Like that's still in the realm of possibility. We know Jonathan Taylor is not a bust. I think last year obviously was the injury. Same thing with Najee. Like we knew last year Najee's dip in production was injury-based, not that he's not good. We could see Bijan come in and struggle and be meh. Like he could just be okay. I don't think that's the case but there's still a higher than 0% chance that he could be, right? Like, he could be Trent Richardson. He could be <laughs> just awful. Like, and that, yeah. and that team could, could be. be awful. He could be, I yeah. doubt it. But also, that team probably isn't winning a lot of games. I like Desmond Ritter, but I don't think they're out there, like, beating teams left and right. I don't think they're going to have a lead going into the fourth quarter, so they're probably going to have to pass more. Can Bijan catch passes? Yes, he's not overly great. He's not Jameer Gibbs good at it, but he's good enough. Um, but they do have other weapons in London. I'm not a Kyle Pitts believer, but I think people are for obviously athletic reasons. So I think that's why I have Bijan at three, because I just think there's a bigger chance that he's a bust where I know Jonathan Taylor's not a bust. I know Christian McCaffrey is not a bust. Now McCaffrey is older, but I still think you get four years out of him um, in that San Fran offense. So that's why I have them one and two and Bijan three. Yeah, I, I don't mind that ranking. I think it's it's probably closer to my my redraft ranking i think um when i when i do like i think over a three-year span i can't see christian mccaffrey like going beyond what Bijan's going to do in three years but yeah there's also that we don't know what Bijan is and we do know that running backs do take they're not like jump you're not thrown into it you know jt didn't get thrown into a workhorse role he was he was really just like worked alongside their mediocre backs for quite a while and even even Brees hall was you know he was working three to four games behind michael carter um so they don't really hit the ground running i don't know if that's going to change with with Bijan. um you know even you know barkley did not get babied um there's there's certain exceptions to that where they just you know i think the falcons being the run team that they are i can't see them just like okay you're gonna get six carries today and then maybe 12 carries next week and then um but who knows because they love tyler Agier too so they they usually could split time for a little while there um yeah and for me with with Bijan, it's can they continue the drive like if he goes out and gets the ball first down, gets three yards, goes out in the second down, gets four yards, and they need a third and three, can Desmond Ritter convert that? Like, 
I think they could see a lot of drives stall out and not get to scoring position where I think JT and the and McCaffrey will be in scoring position more often. So I think we'll see a lot more drives. And I think at the end of the year, we'll look at total numbers, offensive plays, and there'll be a huge gap between what the Colts and the 49ers do compared to what the Falcons do. I think the Falcons will be at the bottom of bottom five in the league in total offensive plays at the end of the year. That's a hot take, man. I think that's a hot take. I think there's a lot of guys that believe in Ritter out there. I, see I love lot. Ritter. Maybe, maybe I'm just I'm maybe I'm just friends with a lot of Falcons fans on Twitter. <laughs> but my God, there's so much Ritter conversations that I see day in and day out. Uh, maybe that's just Nick and Atlanta Cam talking back and forth <laughs> with each other on Twitter. I'm not sure, but um, yeah. so we went through that. JC questions on on rankings. I think. The, the glaring yeah. one for me is Rashad White because that is yeah Atlanta, very different. Atlanta loves Atlanta loves Tyler Algier so much they spent the eighth overall pick in the draft on on Bijan Robinson so I think that one's all we kind of need to know I think Bijan's going to get fed the ball early and often Saquon 2018 second overall pick he was RB one on the season so and you're t- he goes to a team and Bijan goes to the Falcons. They ran the ball more than anybody else in the NFL last year. So I would imagine he's probably going to get fed the ball early and often. And especially if Ritter isn't a consistent quarterback, what's the best way to do it? How about paying all of our offensive line extensions and more yeah. money and yep. draft a guy in the top 10 that's you know seen as a generational talent and let's take some of the pressure off of Desmond Ritter. So I think uh, Bijan Bijan's going to get plenty of work and he's going to be fine. Yeah, I think the one that I smiled because I haven't seen I haven't seen the guy ranked this high, and I'm interested. I'm sure you came onto the show knowing that knowing this yes. was going to be a conversation you're going to have to have. Rashad White at RB11 on your on your rankings. Uh, walk walk us through it a little bit. I'd, I'd be interested to hear it. So he's 24, Dude. right? So he is an older back for being his basically going into his second year. He's the same age as JT, who's going into his fourth. But you get the years, right? He's still going to be in his rookie contract, so you still get three more years out of him on that rookie deal. He'll hit his second contract at 26, 27, depending on when his birthday falls. But I look at Leonard Fournette in 2021 was RB6 in PPR, RB10 in standard. That's before Rashad White got there. That was with 180 carries, eight touchdowns, two through the you know, two catching touchdowns, 118, 111 yards. So, like, I think Rashad White's a better rusher than Fournette was. And slash is so I can see that now Rashad White only had one touchdown last year, but not great yards per carry is a 3.73 yards per carry, but only 129 carries. So not a lot of wear and tear on him. I like what I saw with them. And I think with Baker or Kyle Trask, and I'll be on the pewter cast tomorrow debating Baker or Kyle Trask. I'm a Kyle Trask believer. Um, I think either way, that team has going to have to run the ball. They didn't bring in a running back, which shows me in a class in a class that was really deep in running back, they didn't bring a, a guy in to compete with them. Keyshawn Vaughn is a bust, right? Like Keyshawn Vaughn's done. They have Chase Edmonds, who's was on like four teams last year. So it shows me that that coaching staff is comfortable with Rashad White being an every down back, being their workhorse, being the guy they go on, they lean on to control games to run the clock out to be that guy. And he can catch passes. He had 58 targets, caught 50 of them. So he's catching almost all his targets. Only 290 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a fumble problem, three fumbles. They lost all three. But just his age and where he can be and being that workhorse, he's probably one of the few three-down backs we have left in the league who doesn't have anybody really competing with him. 
had Javante not got hurt, I think Javante would be higher. Had the Seattle not taken Charbonnet, Ken Walker would be higher than him. I just feel like that opportunity there, and he's still young enough that I can get four years. I can get the rest of his rookie contract out of him, and I think he's going to be a top – I think he's going to be a top 12 running back the next three years for fantasy because there's no one else competing with him. Now, granted, he comes out this year and lays an egg. Yes, they'll draft someone next year. They'll draft – you know, they'll probably be in a spot where they're going to draft top 10. But I'll take that risk on him at that level versus the guys who have some questions, right? I like Ramondre, but we've seen Bill Belichick have a great, basically have Damian Harris and then go, sorry, you're in the doghouse. I like Ken Walker, but Charbonnet can eat in those roles. I like Javante Williams, but he has some injury concerns. Not sure when he's coming back. You know, I have Tony Pollard above him because I think that that you've seen Tony Pollard be really good. And that's where I put Tony Pollard because I've seen Tony Pollard produce. I haven't seen it from Rashad White. But I'll put it there. And then I put him above guys like Chubb, Eckler, Pierce, some of these older guys, because I just don't know how long I'm going to get. I don't know how long I'm getting with Eckler. Am I getting this year and next year? Am I getting two? Am I getting one? Am I getting five? I don't know. How many am I getting with Derrick Henry? How many am I getting with Nick Chubb? I don't know. It could be one or two. We've seen Zeke have a really good year last year, doesn't have a team. We've seen Fournette have a good year last year, not on a team. We've seen good running backs not get contracts at 27, 28, 26. Like, I just don't know how, if Eckler wants this big contract, clearly he's not getting it. Clearly the Chargers can't trade him. Whereas, yeah, where does Dalvin Cook go? If they cut Dalvin Cook, where does he sign? He's not going to be a starter somewhere. Like, all, every team's got their starter. He's a change of pace guy. Like, he's that aging veteran. So, for me, the opportunity for Rashad White over the next four years for the, his rookie contract is good. And then, Hopefully doesn't have a ton of wear and tear on the tires, has a lot of lower carry counts than a lot of these guys hitting free agency like a Miles Sanders and gets a job a la Miles Sanders who didn't have a ton of carries, had a great year last year, got like a three, four-year deal and can be a starter somewhere. So I think Rashad White's a sneaky play, and I think he's going to be a top 12 uh, fantasy running back for the next three, four years. Yeah, that's a take, man. I mean, I, I, I am with you. On everything, I I just don't know how good that offense is going to be this year. Yeah, uh, I don't know what Baker Mayfield or Kyle, Kyle Trask, Trask is. Who is who's moving that ball? Who's getting the first downs? You know, I mean, I I want to say that Rashad White um, will will do it. I just don't know how efficient that offense in general is going to be. That's my only knock on. I think he he definitely has the opportunity. You know, because if they don't get somebody, if Fournette doesn't go back there on a, a whatever cheap, cheap deal. Cheap one deal yep. Dalvin might jump over there. Somebody, you know, there's still Zeke Dalvin and Fournette just sitting around, you know, waiting to ruin somebody's backfield right now. Oh um, yeah. Zeke could easily go there and ruin Rashad white. And if, if they sign Zeke, Rashad white drop, probably JC, like you were saying that he probably drops to 19, 20, like just cause opportunity is not there for him anymore. So it's it's partial skill, but a lot of it's based on opportunity and the potential for that age to carry him out through. Yeah, not, not concerned at all about Sean Tucker wearing number forty four in honor of the great Syracuse running backs before his time. <laughs> no, I, I'm never worried about an undrafted free agent. <laughs> I was just joking. I just think it's I just think it's funny. I he went undrafted. There's clearly a, a heart issue that I hope is I hope is fixed and. I, I'm hoping all the best for him. I, I mean, want to have right. a successful career, but I that's what happened. Realistic. That's what happened with uh, what John Ross last year, right? It was like, oh yeah, he's cleared medically, and everybody's like, nope, not touching it because he could die, <laughs> right? And so I think Sean Tucker's got the same thing where 
yeah, he might just go on the pup. Like he, right, and he could go on the pup for a year and be okay, and they get the assurance they need, and or he could just never play it down a football. That's why he went undrafted. So when you have medical questions like a heart issue, that's a big thing, and especially after Demar Hamlin, I think teams are super even more cautious with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, he does have he does have the opportunity definitely yeah. to to kind of take that step up. And like you were talking about with the receiving ability, really good receiving profile coming out of college for yeah. for Rashad White. So I mean, it is something that he is capable of doing. You know, Mike Evans is another year older. Does now do some of those targets find their way to the backfield because of whoever's playing quarterback? Are they also going to be checking it down a lot? I think between him and Leonard Fournette, they had what like over a hundred targets between the two of them last year in the backfield. So Plenty of work yeah. to go around, and that was Brady throwing the ball. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not brave enough to put him in my top 12 just because I just don't think he's talented enough to be in the top 12. But like you said, for running backs, we're looking at opportunity and competition, and they made it very clear that they believe in Rashad White, at least for the time being. Yep. Um, so. I, I mean, if you look at, like, weeks one, two, one and two, Fournette, 21 carries, 24 carries last year, right? And then – Week three, he got 12. He had week four, he only got three, but he had another week. Week six, he got over 20. He had 20 in week 16. Like they had some big weeks. Rashad White had 22 against Seattle in week 10. Like he was getting double digit carries. If you're telling me I can get a guy, we're talking about, we're hoping some of these guys get 10 to 15 carries. I'm looking at Rashad White. Like he could see 15 to 20 carries, if not 25 carries on a given week. I'm, I believe, I honestly think week three or four, people are going to go buy Rashad White, go trade for him because he's getting a ton of volume. He's playing all these snaps, blah, blah, blah. Like all those metrics that people love is really going to be there for him. And I think if you get him now at that discounted cost in drafts, you can pick him up and he's probably not valued that high. I haven't looked at his trade value. Uh, let me pull it up here. He's def- I don't think you, I don't think you would have to trade a trade a first for him. You no, know, he's, probably, he's probably like a mid second. Yep. You know, probably like around like that Kendra Miller price range, like in a rookie draft or something like that. I think is, I think is probably what what you would have to pay for him. So I'm looking at so Alex peaked in high school from Draft Sharks has a trade chart which I love. It's a consensus of all the trade charts out there. He says Rashad White is basically worth somewhere between the 109 and 110 um, range or a 2024 first in Dynasty in a, in a super flex league. Right, he's right there with DeAndre Swift, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce range. So if you can get him for that and he can produce, like you said, like the 107, 108 value, I think you can get him for less than the 109. I think you can get him for the 205. Yeah. Um, so if you if you guys don't use Alex uh, Peaked in High School on Twitter, his dynasty trade charts, he gets them. He's at Draft Sharks. He puts them out every month. It's a consensus of keep trade cut and trade calculators, and he puts them all together. And then basically, it's not his opinion. It's this is what the market says these guys are worth. So I think Rashad White's a huge buy right for me. I think he's going to be a huge buy for me this year because I think people are out on him. We talked about we talk about Ramondre not getting any competition. Everybody goes, ah, Ramondre survived the draft. Well, so did Rashad White. Yeah. And he was good. He wasn't as good as Ramondre, but he was good last year. Like, Yes, you wish he had more touchdowns. He finished as well, – I just lost him. But you talk about the efficiency stuff with, with Rashad White too, and that's yeah. the same narrative that gets thrown around for Najee Harris is that he's not efficient. It's like yeah. at the end of the day, he could be not as efficient as he wants. If he's getting 25 touches a game, then, you know. Opportunity is king in Dynasty. Yep. Yeah. Like if, 
if you get 25 carries and you're getting three yards a carry, <laughs> okay, give me yeah, 75 so, yards. Give me 75 like yards and a touchdown, probably. That's yeah. 75 yards and a touchdown is going to put you in the top 12 every week, right? And if you know, even you take him at his, what do you have, 3.73, so you can basically. 3.73 for 25, 20 carries a game. You're still looking at 65, 70 yards almost. Give him a touchdown, you know, every other game. Like, you're going to be Four up there, right? Four targets out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff, yeah, stuff you, adds up, you know. It adds up real quick. So that opportunity is great. It was kind of a bold take to put him that high. I just, like I said, I prefer guys that either have opportunity or I've seen it from. So I like Ken Walker, and I saw it from him, but I'm worried that Charbonnet is going to cut into his opportunities. I, when we were at the draft, we were in the media room waiting for Brian Branch to come out in his press conference, and they had TVs and sounds on. And that pick came in, <laughs> and a certain fantasy analyst that you probably know on Twitter, who I won't say on the stream, went, what the F? <laughs> and we were all like, we all just were like, what What just happened? Like, And we're all reeling, and then Brian Branch comes in to do his press conference, and we're like, I, I just can't believe Seattle. Oh, oh, Brian Branch, how do you feel? And it was just, it was a surreal moment because that wasn't Seattle's need. It wasn't, and it was just like, I can't believe they just took who some people had as their RB3. I did not. I was out on Charbonnet after the combine. Um, it just shows that they could they could heavily rotate those two. So that's why Ken Walker dropped. If they don't draft him, I think Ken Walker might be in my top five. I just yeah. love what he did last year. But the opportunities just might not be there. And, you know, we talk about Rashad White and that Tampa Bay offense. You still have Mike Evans, still have Chris Godwin, still have Russell Gage. K. Dotton looked really good. Like, they've got really good skill players and who I think can elevate – a mediocre quarterback, whether that's Baker or Kyle Trask. I think Kyle Trask is, might be a little bit better than mediocre. Um, I think he's a little more, I think he protects the ball better than Baker. So I think they could have a decent team in a division where they have six games against their divisional opponents that are very winnable. And we talked, I talked earlier about game scripts. They could be winning those games early and be all right. Yeah. And I, you know, I appreciate you putting them at, at RB 11, you know, while I don't, agree with it like in my personal rankings i read them off earlier but i don't think you get anywhere in dynasty by just being a th- just going off of group think what everybody yep. else is thinking because you're not you're you're not going to ever be ahead of anybody you're not ever going to get a good enough value on a guy you're never going to be hey i got this guy for a second round pick hey now yep. i could turn around and sell him for a first next year yep. or i could keep him and now i have all that extra production now so that's the way that you win and if you feel strongly enough about a guy, you can rank him wherever you want and you can take him wherever you want. Because at the end of the day, if he does produce and he does get the opportunity like you're talking about, he definitely is going to outperform his current price tag of 205 or whatever it is in, in a rookie draft right now. So I appreciate yeah. the, the boldness. And it's tiers, right? So I have him in a tier below Najee and ETN and probably Pollard. So he's probably that started that tier with Ramondre, Ken Walker. So I did 14 because I was like, these guys are probably in most people's top 12, but I think they're in the same tier. So if you get to that spot and you go, okay, I'm at a clear tier. And if you're drafting, you go, okay, I'm at the clearest new tier of running back. Then it becomes, who do you like better in that tier? Right. And maybe that's where you trade back and go, okay, there's, I know the next three teams are, I'm at the turn, right? And there's me, two teams. So there's going to be three running backs come off the board. I'll take whoever's left because I like them all equally. They're all in the same tier. That's where you have to really gauge it. So for me, I don't, I never balk at anybody's rankings because I go, if you can explain your rankings and give me a logical reasoning behind it, that means more to me than you just look at a straight ranking. Because if someone goes, ah, 
If someone just looks at my rankings and goes, ah, Rashad White 11, Dustin's stupid, well, no, listen to me tell you why I think he's 11, and then make your conclusion, right? Whether you agree or disagree with me, at least I, I'm hoping I gave you a logical explanation of it. So I think there's definitely some some play there, and I think that's, you're right, you can't go by groupthink. You have to really look at everything. And I think that's, we get, I think the fantasy community gets in this sense of, Oh, well, he's the clear number one. Like, Bijan's the clear 101. Well, no, he's not the clear 101 in rookie drafts. If you need a quarterback, maybe you take Richardson. You know, if you're a win now, maybe you take Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud. It's, you can't go with this group think. And I think that's, you're right. That's where we get in trouble and we go, ah, draft capital matters. Does it? Does draft capital really matter? Whether you, it matters until you produce or you don't produce, right? If you suck, your draft capital doesn't matter. You're gone. <laughs> Yeah, look at Josh Rosen. He didn't do well, and draft capital didn't matter for him. Yes, he stuck around because of that draft capital. We never got an opportunity to play. Yep. So, Nerd, we just finished up talking about Rashad White. So, I mean, we just covered all of our dynasty rankings. So, I guess if you want to take it over to the keep trade cuts of current ADP, I guess we can roll with that. Yeah, are you guys getting right now? Because I feel like my you are it's coming coming right in. Now. Am I on? It's coming in very staticky. Very staticky. All right. All right. Well, well, let's just roll to keep trade cut. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the keep trade cuts in front of me, so I guess we could roll to sleepers and risers for this year while while Nerd uh, Well, I don't have any I have I don't have keep trade pulled up, but I have uh peaked in high school's charts and we can do some running back keep trade cuts from there if you want. Do you have any that you want to throw out? Yeah, so I'm looking okay. at um Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs. They're all basically around the 105, 106 range. Key trade cut, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing with Austin Eckler is I know you mentioned you don't know how long you necessarily have with him, um, you know, in terms of just the dynasty asset in general. Austin Eckler has less career touches than Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So when you when you think about it like that and you think about how is he making these touches – He's getting him out on the perimeter. He's not taking that kind of pounding that a traditional workhorse running back is taking. So can Austin Eckler kind of prolong his career and play the two, three, maybe even four more years of some kind of capacity of work? So while I have Austin Eckler ranked the lowest of those three in my rankings, because I do think Tony Pollard is going to get the contract next year, he may not get the Zeke contract. Hopefully the Cowboys have learned that from last time, but... Um, I do think Tony Pollard is going to have that contract security at some point. Um, and then Josh Jacobs, he's playing on the tag. So we really don't know what's going to happen there in Vegas. You would like to think they probably give him the bag as well because they did feature him quite a lot in the offense. But did they feature yep. him because of the contract and they knew that it was coming up? Or did they feature him because he's one of the best running backs in the league? Yep. You would like to think it's the latter. It could possibly be the former. I do have Jacobs ranked the highest of those three, so I would keep him – I'd probably trade Pollard and then I would cut Austin Eckler, but I don't feel great about saying that I would cut Austin Eckler because I, I do truly think that Austin Eckler, you could make the argument for him being as high as RB seven in dynasty. And I don't think you could, uh, I don't think it would be like a horrendous take. You know, you would have to give some, some supporting evidence to, to that, but yeah, I think that's where I would err on, on those three. What, what would your thoughts be Dustin? Yeah, for me, I'm going to, I think you're right on the nail with Pollard and Jacobs and what that contract looks like next year. So I'm probably keeping probably keeping Pollard. 
I will trade Josh Jacobs because I think I can get more out of him based on the name than I can Pollard or Eckler. I think people will want that high production. He was like the running back one last year. And then I'll, I agree with you. It doesn't feel great to cut Austin Eckler, but I will cut Austin Eckler. Welcome back, nerd boy. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, it's it's awful. And I don't know how the mic's going to be on this, but I had to transfer to my phone and it's, it's not pleasant. Um, it sounds all right, though. It's good. Yeah, it's it good. Sounds, okay. Yeah, so, so my... My my computer just decided that it just wasn't going to operate anymore. So I apologize. I had to restart it, and this is the only way I can get back on. So that was uh, – I hope you guys survived without me. I'm sure yeah, we're doing, we're doing a keep trade cut right now. Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs. Nice. Um, so I would probably keep Tony Pollard. Um, he is somebody that I do really like. Um, even though I have Jacobs a little higher in my dynasty rankings – Pollard is somebody that has no tread on him at all. He yeah. was somebody that his usage was split for his entire career. Um, he is, you know, a spring chicken at this point in time. I think yeah. he, he feels like he's in his second year, um, you know, of his contract, uh, you know, cause he, he has no usage. And I, I love that. I, he's like, um, he's like a Derrick Henry where he didn't start. He wasn't a starter until he was like 26 years yeah. old. You know, I think I think Pollard could play until he's like 29, 30 years old. Um, so I'll I'll keep him because I think his value can only go up at this point in time. Um, and then I'll I'll probably trade Jacobs because I think he has the most value yeah. of the th- of the three currently. Um, I don't know what his contract situation is going to play out to be or where he's going to be um, in the next year or so. Uh, that's why I, I probably, you know, I think he's going to produce, but I, I don't think you know it, he's probably going to net me a, a higher um, return. And then I'm, I'm cutting Eckler because like we talked about earlier, he, I don't know. He's got maybe two years of, yeah. of production. I think he has one elite year left. And then I think we, we see some slippage this year. And I think he probably falls off to like a Dalvin cook area next year. Were you listening to what Dustin was saying while you were off of the, <laughs> off of the show? Because you guys said almost the exact, the exact same thing. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. It's good that you guys you guys agree. I flip flopped Pollard and Jacobs, but I don't have I an think issue with, with yeah. that with that either way. So Dustin pulled that off of um, peaked in high school's uh, trade value charts. chart. Did you have that's, some keep trade cuts prepared for the show, nerd? That you wanted to present? I, I do. Um, they're all in pretty close range. Um, so I'll I'll start with you, JC. So okay. I have Miles Mile Sanders, Kendra Miller. And then um, Rashad White, you know, Ooh. funny enough. <laughs> I feel like I have to duck and cover if, uh, if I say anything <laughs> negative about Rashad White here. Uh, no, I don't think I want to say anything negative about Rashad White. So I wish I had this conversation with Dustin like two weeks before during my rookie draft because I, I essentially traded Rashad White for Kendra Miller Ooh. almost straight up. I got a little bit on top for Kendra Miller. I, I, I got Samaje Pirine. Okay, that's of- good on top of uh, Kendra Miller. So the guy, the guy was a, a big Rashad white believer. So I got a little bit on top. I feel okay about the return. Um, and that Samaje could help me a little bit for this season, at least. Um, and then Kendra would be kind of just a wait and see. I do think Kendra probably holds more value over the long term because I think he's a, a better running back in general um, than, than Rashad white. But it, I mean, Dustin gave a very good argument for Rashad white. Miles Sanders has the contract. He has the proven production. He has the the backfield all to himself. Yep. 
I think Frank Reich is going to allow him to catch the ball more. Um, it's yes. something that kind of was just lacking from his game. I, his rookie year, he caught 50 balls, but for whatever reason, uh, those last – Caught 50 balls with Deuce Staley as a running back coach who's now the running back coach in Carolina. So, yep. Help me make my point for me. Yeah, I'll keep <laughs> – I'll keep Miles Sanders. I think I'll I'll trade Kendra Miller and then I'll, I'll cut Rashad White. Nice. What about you, Dustin? Can I make can I can I wait till like week two of the season to do this? Because I think week two of the season the values change a lot. Yeah. Um, because I think week two of the season we'll see Miles Sanders have that big workload. We'll see Kendra Miller in his spot, and we'll see all these guys actually producing more. And I think at that point I would still keep Kendra Miller, which is what I would do now, because I think you're right, JC, the long-term value for him, right? Kamara's probably getting suspended. He probably takes over. Um, keep that. Probably trade Miles Sanders, um, because I think the name recognition alone will carry. I think Rashad White is vastly undervalued and will continue to be undervalued. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to cut Rashad White, because I just I want to keep him. But I think right long-term, Kendra Miller might be the better long-term play. He's 20 compared to 24 on an offense that I think could be better. So it's a flip-flop between Miller. I just don't know. Maybe I – yeah. You know, no, I'll flip it. I'll keep Rashad White, and I will cut Kendra Miller because there's a chance that Kendra Miller could be bad, and he could just be nothing. There we go. There we yeah, go. you you had to do that for the brand. And for the brand, the yeah, for my Rashad White yeah. brand, yep. Yeah, so, you know, there was no way that I, I didn't handpick this <laughs> keep cut because I saw your rankings and I needed to hear you elaborate a little bit. Um, but I, I think, yeah, I like I like Kendra. I was always high on him even before landing spot or perceived um, DC or anything like that. You know, I, I had him as my 201 in a lot of drafts, um, you know, and, and rankings up, up until he actually got drafted. Um, I, I don't know though. This is tough for me because like you said, Miles Sanders just got his contract. He is going to catch the ball more. Um, he's going to be used a whole lot in that offense. Um, you know, he's, he's a great win now piece in my mind. He's somebody that is probably going to be in a lot of championship rosters, you know, um, at the end of the season, but we are talking dynasty. We're talking about perceived value over a three-year period. I think I have to keep Kendra. I will. Uh, yeah. Rashad white or miles Sanders. I, I think I, I have to trade miles Sanders and I'll probably cut Rashad white, but you did make that argument. Um, and I do, now value Rashad White a little more than I did before. But I, I think that's the play for me. I, I think that's the smart, logical play, right? You trade Sanders because he's going to have that value because everybody's going to go, oh, my gosh, he had a great year last year. He's producing. He's going to produce in Carolina. I wrote a whole article on Miles Sanders when they signed him and looked at how Frank Reich, he's a one one running back guy, was there him and Deuce Taylor were there in, in Philadelphia when he caught all those passes his rookie year. So like he's gonna have a great year. So he's gonna have the most trade value. So it makes sense to trade him. And then it's just a play of do you prefer Rashad White for two, three years, or do you want Kendra Miller for four or five? Right. Like I think that's where it's at and what your team looks like. So I, I'm generally more of a win now team. So I'll take Rashad White over Kendra Miller, but I wouldn't fault anybody for if someone offered me Kendrick Miller for Rashad White, that's a tough trade for me to look at and go, do I trade those straight up? Really looks at team build. Yeah. 
definitely. I think I said keep Miles Sanders. I meant to say keep Kendra and trade yeah. Miles Sanders. Yep. So I, I agree with with uh, with with both of you. Yeah. Nice. All right, let's let's roll one more. And these guys are way back there. I think you know you can probably get all three of these guys in the the twelfth round of most startups right now. Um, I'm not sure about Khalil, but I think now that they they drafted Roshan, he might actually be back there still. Um, so this is Khalil Herbert, Damian Harris, or Damian Harris, or Antonio Gibson. So JC, do you? Stuck the Antonio Gibson one in here a little earlier than I thought <laughs> we were going to be discussing. Um, it was Damian Harris, Antonio Gibson, and Khalil Herbert. I think yes. Antonio Gibson's the most talented player in that group. So I would like to keep Antonio Gibson. I am not afraid of Brian Robinson. It's a great story. I don't think he's particularly talented. Um, so I'm good with Antonio Gibson as my keep. Uh, trading cut. Khalil Herbert is one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL on a per touch basis over the last two years. He actually had. I believe 60, 72 more yards rushing than uh, 72 yards less rushing than David Montgomery on 69 less carries. That's how much more efficient he was last year than David Montgomery. So that's insane to me. So I, I think I would have to trade Khalil Herbert because I think he does get first crack in that backfield because I think he's earned it. Um, and then I will have to cut Damian Harris because I, I just like James Cook. I think James Cook is going to be a good player. Interesting. How about you, Dustin? You're killing me here, man, because I love Khalil Herbert. And then I went to the combine and my heart was stolen by Roshan Johnson. Um, I asked every running back at the combine, what kind of player our team is getting out of from you in the locker room and off the field? And almost all of them were like, oh, I'm a quiet guy and I don't say much. And Roshan Johnson was like, I'm a leader. I'm going to be vocal about it. I'm going to, you know, basically call people out in the locker room. I'm going to, you know, show it on the field. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get the team together. We're going to gel. We're going to have this team proud of me. And I was like, oh man, you are the guy I want on my team. I was so heartbroken to see him go to the Bears because I love Killer Herbert. There's a reason why Roshan Johnson was team captain at Texas as the backup to B. John Robinson, <laughs> right? Like he is a leader among men. So I think he has a shot of taking that backfield from Khalil Herbert. I think Khalil Herbert's a great running back. I don't know why they took Roshan Johnson because I think the two of them are going to be one-two punch. I'm a Bills fan, so I hate the Patriots. Just you know, it's just our nature. So I generally hate Damian Harris because he's a Patriot, but now he's a Bill. I think James Cook is good, so I'm going to cut Damian Harris. I am going to trade Khalil Herbert now because I think people will are sleeping on Roshan Johnson. I think I get value. And then who was the other one? Antonio Gibson. <sighs> uh, that's even more. I'm, all right, now I might cut Antonio Gibson. <laughs> I might keep I'll trade Antonio Gibson keep Khalil Herbert and cut Damian Harris. I'm not a Gibson believer. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be a segue to our, our one of our listener questions. Let me get uh, my notes ready for yeah. you guys here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I, I am also a Khalil Herbert guy. You know, like you guys said, he is extremely efficient. He is, oh my god, like it was incredible to watch him. 
and what he could do with his limited touches last year. Um, I was all in on him, and I, I don't think I'm st- I'm not wavering on him because of Roshan. I, I think that they can coexist, and he would still be like we saw what he could do with limited touches. You know, I think he's going to get more touches than he did last year, um, pretty pretty easily. Uh, and it, I don't know. Does that mean? I, I think I'm going to keep Khalil Herbert. Um, you guys both like James Cook a lot more than I do. I I don't think James Cook is particularly very good. Um, yeah, I could I could talk about this with you guys for a longer period of time, but um, he's he's fine. He's a good complimentary piece. He's not he's not going to be a workhorse. He's not going to um, he's not going to get 20 carries a game. Don't yeah, walk back not... your don't walk back your negative comments with this <laughs> this this middle ground so, talk. No, but no, it's not even middle ground. So what do you, what do you love about James Cook, and why do you think he's going to be a good fantasy back? And uh, let's just start there. Why don't you like him? I don't think he's built for more than ten carries a game, and that's just the reality of it. I don't think he's he's not going to be carrying the rock twenty times a game. Um, and he doesn't get enough catches to warrant somebody that I would want in a PPR league. So I don't know what the allure is with James Cook. Is he going to be a big play guy? Is he going to be somebody that all of a sudden gets you know ten catches a game? I don't. What what is so his allure? The Devin Singletary in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two was top five in the NFL in routes run from the running back position. So you would assume that Damian Harris didn't do that at all in New England. So who's going to do that in the Buffalo Bills offense now? Not Naeem Himes. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't think Naheem Hines is is a better is a better pass catcher than James Cook. I, so I think Damian, that the draft capital and who what the Bills invested in him tends to kind of agree with that. That they kind of they essentially acquired Naheem Hines to be what a punt returner during the playoff stretch and like kick returner because they they didn't have anybody. Because Micah Hyde went down, so now they have they have James Cook. That if you draft him in the second round, I have to assume that you have some kind of plan to utilize him. And his best skill set is in the passing game. And I just don't think they have like a true slot guy in that mold. Like who do they have? Deontay Hardy. I know they have Dalton Kincaid now, but Which isn't again, happen. I just don't know like how reasonable it is to to say. Dalton Kincaid is going to get like 50% slot share in, in, in the slot as a tight end. So I do think they have plans to use James Cook in this mold. All right. So we're talking a perceived role change as far as, you know, him being in the slot. Um, I don't know, man. Damien Harris is no bum. I know that you don't like him because you're a Bills fan, but he was injured all last year. And, and what was he the year before? He was a, uh, I think it was 12 touchdown. Um, he was maybe a RB. I think it was, was a top top 12 running he back was in Dynasty. RB 14 in PPR in 2001, 15 touchdowns, 929 yards, 20 yeah. receptions. I agree with JC that Damian Harris is not the pass catcher. James Cook projects that to be, but he didn't really get a ton of targets. He had like 38 targets last year. Um not great. You have 32 targets. Uh, my fear with James Cook is that they brought in Damian Harris for a reason, right? They don't just go, if they were set with James Cook being the guy, they would just go, okay, we got James Cook and we'll draft a guy, right? We'll just go young. 
I think they brought in Harris for a role, and I think that role is going to be more of the Singletary role than it was. Right? If you look at last year, it was Singletary's the guy, James Cook's the change of pace, you know, guy. I think they brought Damian Harrison to be the be the Singletary and keep James Cook instead of James Cook jumping to the Singletary role and having Damian Harris fill the James Cook role. What does James Cook get this year? He had 91 attempts last year. Does he get to 150? Probably. Does he get over 200? Probably not. I think Singletary had 178 last year. So it's not like the lead rusher for Buffalo is going to get 200 plus carries. I think it's they're just going to vulture each other. And I think both of them, Damian Harris and James Cook, are both kind of going to be meh. Unless one gets hurt, then I think the other one could, could, could go off. I mean, even if you look at Devin Singletary, I don't think he had a single game where he had over 20 carries. Um, he didn't have a single game. He had one game. He had one game where he had 11 targets. That was week three against Miami. I mean, it's just not. It's just not a high volume position for the Bills. They just don't value the running back. They they want to rotate all three of those guys in. So uh, that's where I think it's just not great value for him. If they had not brought in Damian Harris, I'd be all over James Cook. But the fact that they brought in Damian Harris takes me out of both of them. Yeah, Davis Murray, worry you at all about like Damian Harris or no? No, you think Damian Harris is that much better than Latavius Murray? I think Latavius Murray gets cut. I I or think, goes practice squad. I think Damian Harris at at worst is is Dave, Devin Singletary, but I think he's much better than Devin Singletary. Um, personally, I don't I don't know if the situation changes at all from last year. So you. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see any change at all um, in the way that they operate that offense. But I was hoping a Bills fan would kind of, you know, have that inside information. Um, Khalil Shakir, is he going to be in the slot? Uh, You're going to have to read my Dalton Kincaid article that came out earlier this week to figure that out. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a mix of Khalil Shakir. I think he's the guy I'd rather have. I don't think it's Dalton Kincaid. I think it's a mix of those those two guys and Dawson Knox get mixed into the slot role. But the slot role for the Bills just isn't a high-volume position. It's not Tyler Boyd, right? It's not it's not that kind of offense. It's Diggs on the outside. It's Gabe Davis on the outside, and then they run that third guy out there. But what, they really, the, what the Bills really need to do is get a big receiver that allowed them so when they go three wide receivers, that's move Diggs into the slot. And they didn't get that. They got smaller guys. They have Kill Shakir. They got Dalton Kincaid, who I don't think can line up a ton in the slot. There was like five games where Dawson Knox did it. So I think it's going to be a mix. I don't think that third receiver is super valuable on Buffalo like it is on Cincinnati or some of these other high-powered offenses like the Steelers in the past. So Fair enough. Yeah. Um, with all that, I think I will – I guess I have to sell Damian Harris. I don't think that's, I can't sell Antonio Gibson because we're going to get into that. He's not really um, going to net you more than a third. You think you can get a, probably a third for Gibson right now. Um, I think you can easily get a third for him. I think you get a third. Yeah. But I I think, I think Damian Harris could net you like a 24 second right now. If somebody doesn't believe in cook the way that you guys believe in cook, and they think that he's going to fall into the end zone a bunch of times, and yeah. and they need a, an RB two on their team. I think somebody will give you a twenty four for twenty four second for for Damian Harris. Yeah, on peak, but I don't know if anybody's <laughs> going to give that. So <laughs> I'm telling you, man, 
I'm for gonna, ref- I'm gonna do that research. I'm gonna find somebody that do that is gonna do it. So the May peaked in uh, Alex peaked in high school's trade charts for May. Antonio Gibson is worth 21 points, and Damian Harris is worth 20. So basically, the 210 for Gibson, 211 for Harris, or a late 2024 second. So huh. they're right. They're really back to back in the on the trade charts. And JC, then you, so it's it's right there. JC, can you pull up the the listener questions? Because I'm. I am in I'm in the basement right now with my phone. I, I cannot go on the computer. Do you, want to start, do you want to start with the Gibson one? Yeah, we might as well, right? So it was might as well. Let Bois. me see. Listener Gibson. questions from Du Bois twenty two. Antonio Gibson is a dynasty buy right now. Tell me why I'm right or wrong. Yeah. I mean I can I can jump on that first if you guys don't mind. Go um, ahead. I, I think he is a buy because we've talked a bit about this on previous shows where Brian Robinson is not good. He is not good at all. We, he is not a, a great running back. He doesn't do anything particularly well. Um, I think Gibson is definitely the most talented running back. Um, and then they also just had that coaching change where, you know, we're talking – the enemy where he he loves running backs. He's a running back. He's a previous running back, right? And he is somebody that gets the best out of his running back room. Um, there's not not the doghouse that Gibson was in anymore because that doesn't really necessarily exist. Um, I don't think he's gonna. Uh, I don't know. I want to say that he gets the usage, um, but his it's never his skill set. It's his usage that we're worried about. Um, so I could see him being a buy because he's so cheap right now. He is being valued at a Damian Harris. He's being valued as, you know, uh, a 12th round startup pick. Um, so I think at that point in time where he's 24 years old and he could easily boost in value at that age, I would, I would probably buy him if I can get him for like we talked about an early third or, uh, a two, 212, you know, something in that range, I would, I would buy him um, because, you know, he's, he's one injury away or he's one fumble away from having a pretty large role on that team. And I think it's going to be a pretty decent offense this year too. So that's my, my, my piece on Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't know if you want to take the floor, JC. Let me, let me sprinkle some spice on this right here, right now. I'm oh, a complete man. sell, 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 sell on Antonio Gibson. Jim Cramer, here we go. That's not spicy. I I, I want to say don't, that, but I want to be. I want to play the other side too. Go I ahead. don't. I don't get it. He's he is 24. He's literally like a month away from 25. He's on the last year of his contract. He'll be 26, hitting free agency. His yards per carry dipped a ton this past year, a ton. Yeah. Went from 402 in 2021 to 3.66. How many games, I'll ask you guys, how many games when Brian Robinson started playing did Antonio Gibson have more carries than Brian Robinson? Uh, Zero, I want to say. A big fat zero. Yeah, a zero. A zero, yeah, zero. Yeah. He's a better pass catcher, yes. I think Antonio Gibson is just a third down back. I think he's the new Kareem Hunt. I think he's a third down back, and that's all he is. 
He's yeah. going to hit, and I don't know if he gets a contract after this year. He's going to be 26. He's going to have basically roughly 575 carries and 150 targets on wear on his body. Let's look at the guys that got contracts this past year. Uh, Miles Sanders was 25.8, so roughly the same age. With 700 carries, 20, you know, he was basically 23 touchdowns, 150 targets, got a four-year deal. Okay, that's good. David Miles Montgomery, Sanders was also what? Where was Miles Sanders drafted? A second round? He was a second round pick, right? Yeah, I think something like that. Yep. Yes, and Gibson, for context, was a third round pick. Third yes. Or, both yeah, day two okay. guys. Yeah, both day yeah. two. Yeah. David Montgomery, twenty five. When he hit free agency, almost twenty six. Nine hundred carries on him, thirty touchdowns, two hundred targets. Got a three year deal to basically lead slash split that backfield in Detroit with Jameer Gibbs. Okay, not great. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 26.8, so a little bit older than what Gibson will be. 450 carries on him, 11 touchdowns over his career, 200, less than 50 targets, got a one-year deal to be the backup. Devin Singletary, 25.5, 650 carries on his body, two, 20 touchdowns, 200 targets, got a one-year deal to basically split the backfield. Uh, what? It, where is Zeke and Fournette? They're, they don't have contracts. So does I don't think it's a guarantee that... Antonio Gibson gets a great contract. He probably gets a contract similar to those guys where he's going to go in and be a split down back. He's probably going to be the third down guy for a team. I don't see him when you're talking about trading him for guys that could be leaders in the backfield. I don't see it past this year. I he's not, he might be physically gifted more than Brian Robinson, but he's not getting used that way. He wasn't getting used that way last year. If he dips, if he's at that three six three five yards per carry this year, he only had three touchdowns in fifteen games. Let's say he gets another hundred and fifty carries and has another five hundred six hundred yards and two three four five touchdowns. I think he's a third down back. I think that's what we have to view him as. And I will trade him away and sell 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 and get what I can. If I can get a second for him this year, I'll take it because if in the second round I can get. Roshan Johnson, who could lead the Bears' backfield. I can get a Kendry Miller, who could lead the Saints' backfield. I can get a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker that could be a starting quarterback for the next ten years. I can get a tight end. I can, you know, I can get a Dalton, probably not Dalton K, but you can get a Michael Mayer, who's going to be the starting tight end for the the uh, Raiders. Like you can get a starter for a for basically a backup, and I'll take that all day. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. I mean, if you're talking an early second. You, there's no way you can pass up on that for Antonio yeah. Gibson, you know, or a mid second. Um, I, I could not, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would, I would maybe take a stab, like I said, as an early third. Um, but if somebody like Jaden reads there, I think I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up on that yeah. either. So um, yeah. Think, yeah. Uh, go ahead, JC. So it's tough because it's a new offensive coordinator, like you just said, coming in with Eric Bieniemy, who was a great college running back in his own right at Colorado. Now, do we think that Scott Turner was fired because he was incompetent <laughs> and was consistently using Brian Robinson ahead of a much clearly talented running back who the two years before Brian Robinson got there, Antonio Gibson was what, like top five, top ten in the league in carries? Like he was being used as a workhorse guy. Yes. I don't know why it is that they all of a sudden determined that he wasn't able to do that role because he, he was that draft that, that they took Brian Robinson. They also took uh Fildarian Mathis from Alabama. That was a defensive tackle. And they've used how many first round picks on the, def on defensive line in Washington. 
And then they take Jahan Dotson in the first round when they just gave Terry McLaurin a contract. So overall, the the commanders just aren't a very well-run organization to begin with. If you're buying Antonio Gibson, you're buying the talent and how he can be used because he's shown you in the past that he can handle that workload. He's a big guy. Like he's like 6'2", 220, ran sub 4'4 at the combine. Like you're talking about a very, very good athlete at the running back position. Granted, he was not used like that last year. And a guy that was a very much lesser talent than him was used more than him in the offense. As you guys just said, he didn't beat him out in carries a single game when Brian Robinson came back from, from the injury. I think I'm willing to pay like 209 for Antonio Gibson because I think that he's just a more talented running back than a guy like maybe like a Tajay Spears or something like that. And I'll take the chance that, you know, Biennemi uses him correctly this year and he's looking around in the offensive room and he's like, okay, who do I got here? I got Jerry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Who's, who's my next best playmaker? It's Antonio Gibson. Get him involved in the screen game. Give him some more carries. Let Brian Robinson take like the 10 carries for 38 yards and just slam him up Sam Cosme's butt the entire game. Who cares? But let's try to get Antonio Gibson, the guy that has proven that he can do it. Now, granted, Eric Bannemi hasn't exactly been the – you know, the RB whisperer in his own time. That guy, he just, he's dead. Like you can't, he's not even drafted in the 15th round of dynasty. So we could be looking at a guy that just doesn't know how to use a receiving back. And that's also kind of plays into Antonio Gibson's potential slide and irrelevance. But I do think that he's talented enough that I'm willing to take the shot on Antonio Gibson for the late price. tag. I don't think any Antonio Gibson owner considering what he was valued at even last off season is going to sell him for a third round pick. It's just not going to happen. The guy's going to die on the roster. No, I, maybe. I, I think that's the I only Dustin, time. I think Dustin would sell him for. Oh, a I would sell him for a third. I don't think Dustin owns any. I own no Antonio Gibson. The only way I would buy Antonio Gibson is if you buy into this. They just got sold to the owner of the owner group that owns the Sixers and the New Jersey Devils. Yes who are trust the process guys who are going to shed veterans and veterans in this term is a loose term. It wouldn't shock me if Antonio Gibson got traded in two weeks. It wouldn't shock me if he got traded mid season, right? They want to get something out of him because he's an expiring contract in their mind. If they can trade him and get a third round pick next year, I think the commanders do that because they're they're looking to do their process. That's what I think the team is going to go to. They're going to shed off all this talent. I wouldn't be surprised if McLaurin's gone. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Robinson got traded because they're looking to basically tear it down and rebuild with draft picks. So they're going to trade those guys off. So if you believe that Gibson's going to leave the commanders and early, sooner rather than later, and go to a team that's going to give him more options, if he goes to – maybe he goes to Minnesota. Maybe he goes to – Buffalo. Buffalo. Maybe he goes to – Cincinnati and they decide that they're done with Joe Mixon's antics like then I would buy it but I think you're that's a lot of risk I do think he's he's clearly not on the commanders next year I don't think they're going to sign him to a new contract I think he's too old for them with this process I think they're going to I think they're going to shut off a lot of that weight and they're going to go I think the owner group is going to look at him and go okay he's up for a contract this year what can we get for him oh we someone's going to give us a third right now we'll take it or someone's going to give us a fourth and you know what did the Eagles trade for DeAndre Swift? A third, right? I think a fourth. Yeah, if they can get a, if they can get a fourth for Gibson, maybe they go uh, get us you know to a team that might be in the bottom and they can get a high fourth or a late third. 
I think they do that. I think they're going to look at this process, and I think that's where the team is headed. You're right. Bienemy is a new offensive corner, but Bienemy hasn't been great with running backs. It's not like he's a one running back guy. If you look at 2020, Clyde Edwards Lair got 196 attempts, Daryl Williams got 67, and Le'Veon Bell got 65. Is he is he the Clyde Edwards Lair in that offense? No, I think he's the Le'Veon Bell in that offense. You look at 2021. Daryl Williams got 145 in 19 games. Clyde Edwards got 132. So where is he falling? Is he the Daryl Williams that needs Brian Robinson to get hurt? The fact that Gibson couldn't beat out Brian Robinson, who came back from getting shot in the leg and couldn't beat him out in carry, says a lot to me about what they think of Antonio Gibson. And I think yeah. right now, I think it's a lot of talk and hype right now to build him up. I know we've seen this before where coaches talk about, oh, yeah, we need to get him involved, and he's such a great player. And then come the season, it's meh. So... I'll sell them all day. The boys at at Dustin at the, at the D unit thirteen. Yep, let's go, Kevin. Let's let's talk it, it out. Oh, it's, is it D unit? Oh, it's D unit. Goodness. Yes, it is. Everyone been, says done it. Don't worry, everyone does it. <laughs> it's D unit. That's so much better, man. That's so much better. Yeah, it's the D unit. Yes. All right, let's do one more question and then wrap it up. All right. Loving. I'm sorry for all of my. My fading in and out of <laughs> uh, of the pod, but let's let's get this done. So we had a question: Do we need to do Philly backfield? We had one on Alvin Kamara, and we had one on AJ Dillon. I will leave that open to whatever you want to talk about. So you you choose your question, and then let's let's elaborate. I see. Well, I'll just say this: I think AJ Dillon's a very much like Gibson. He's going to be a free agent at twenty six years old. I think he gets a, you know, maybe a tag. I think we could see a Pollard repeat with Dylan where they tag him, let Aaron Jones go. So I would like to know your guys' thoughts on the Philadelphia backfield. We've got Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, and Boston Scott. How do you guys see that breaking down this year? JC, why don't you go first? Yeah, we got the bubble boys in Philly, right? I mean, we get we got to put these guys in bubbles because they yep. won't be able to make it through an entire season. I, you know. I think DeAndre Swift is the most talented guy in the backfield, uh, but like his best talent is catching the ball. And that's clearly not what Philadelphia uses the running backs for. So now, but then again, you have probably the best offensive line in the NFL. So you're talking about road graders, just clearing the way for these yep. guys that are just going to pick up five and a half, six yards of carry every time that they touch it. So I do think whoever is getting the carries in Philly is going to be a good option. I just don't know for how long they're going to be taking the carries and how well they're going to be used. Miles Sanders just scored 11 touchdowns at a, a revival season, which led to a contract. So yeah. Rashad Penny, I I am just not a Rashad Penny guy. Um, people throw around his his efficiency numbers, which drives oh. me just absolutely up the wall from his last 10 games because if you break them down on a game-to-game basis – He's got like two Detroit Lions games in there. He's got like a New Orleans Saints game in there. He's facing like uh, the Chicago Bears. He had the Sisters of the Poor trying to tackle yes. him for, for half of those games in that efficiency metric. So he's not actually that efficient because when he plays the Rams or he plays the 49ers, he gets stuffed. So, yeah, he had he took advantage of some good matchups, but I'm just not buying into Rashad Penny. I mean, he's making less money than Boston Scott is on, on, on the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think that kind of tells you what they think of Rashad Penny's like, Hey, here's a camp body pretty much. So yeah. Deandre Swift, I think is the guy that you want to own. 
and he's playing in a contract year. Hey, who knows? Maybe he hits the yoga mat a little bit. He stretches out. <laughs> uh, his groin's feeling better. The shoulder's feeling a little better. He doesn't have to put his shoulder into people and helps with the concussions. And he kind of reaches that pinnacle they were kind of hoping for. I mean, he has been like RB16, RB8, RB16 his first three years on a points-per-game basis. So he is a good running back. It's just a matter of can he stay on the field for 17 games, which has remained to have been seen. So I would take DeAndre Swift at cost. I know he's the highest running back selected in that backfield, but I don't really have any particular interest in any of the other guys in the backfield. So give me DeAndre Swift. Nerdboy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Swift's talent that I will bet on um, more than anything else. You know, I'm not a penny truther by any means. I think he is a talented back. Um I think he's shown that he can never play a full season, and that's something that I can guarantee will happen. Um, this, this, I don't want it to happen. I don't wish like an injury on anybody, but I, I will never invest in Rashad Penny. I will, I will buy Swift um, with the upside that he has and the ability he has to stretch plays and. Um, break him you know he doesn't need a ton of usage he's another yeah. guy that you know he can he can get a lot from a little and um that's that's somebody that i think will benefit from being behind that offensive line um somebody that you know he'll he'll break loose on on a couple plays a game um they'll probably rotate a good amount where boston scott might jump in for like you know a third down here and there but it's going to be the the swift and rashad penny show i think for the beginning of the year until one of them gets hurt. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say that Swift uh, has a, he plays through some more injury than he normally would this year with it being a contract year and him, you know, not necessarily uh, feeling secure about, you know, his, his past performances and workload. And he probably wants to show out for this year um, to, to secure another, or maybe even just get locked back into a contract with Philly. Um, you know, he could be their, their long-term, you know, two-year, three-year contract guy. Um, I, I, it's, it's up in the air, but, I mean, Swift is still pretty affordable right now. I think he got a value boost from that, from that trade, but um, I will not buy Penny unless he's a throw-in somewhere. You know, it, it, he's like a kick-in for an Antonio Gibson or something, you know? I don't <laughs> Damian know. Damian Harris straight up. Yeah, yep. Damian Harris for Penny or – or James Cook for for Penny, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I looked at it this way: the Eagles averaged 33 rushing attempts per game last year. Let's say all of them are healthy. I think Jalen Hurts gets 11. I think Swift gets 10. Penny gets about six. Gainwell gets four. Boston Scott gets four a game. I'm okay buying Swift at a discounted price if you can get him there. The guy I want is Kenneth Gainwell. Because I don't think Penny or Swift can stay healthy. And they're both on like one-year deals. Like they could be gone next year and Gainwell could be the guy. So Gainwell has looked good in the games he's played where he's gotten the workload. That's the guy I want because I think we could see week seven, eight, nine, like Penny and Swift are both hurt and Gainwell's the guy and they don't they don't have anything else, right? They might be signing the guy off the street and Gainwell can take over in a game. I mean, I'm looking at, he didn't have any huge games where he had over, he's only had over five carries once. And that was week 12 against Green Bay last year at eight carries for 39 yards, one touchdown. He's only averaging 4.53 a carry, which isn't great. 
decent pass catching. I think Boston Scott's really that role, but he's still a big guy. He's 5'9", 200 pounds. Like, he's a decent size back. He's not as big as Swift or Penny. Obviously, he's going to lose. But all of them are going to lose the goal line work to Jalen Hurts, right? Like, they're going to do the, the the butt push, and they're going to shove Jalen Hurts in. And so that you're not expecting a ton of touchdowns, right? Miles Sanders at 11, but a lot of those came on bigger runs. So I'm buying at the price. I'm buying Gamewell because Gamewell's probably a last round of your draft, right? This year, he's probably on someone's bench. He might be on your waiver wire. You know, he he can't go in someone's taxi squad because he's going into his third year. So he's probably on that cut candidate for a lot of people after the rookie drafts in your dynasty league. I think that's the guy. If I have an open roster spot, I maybe do uh, if I can do a, a one for two where I'm giving you a guy and I can, you know, like you said, if you can get Gainwell thrown in and let's say I'm trading, you know. I'm making a lateral move. I'm trading a wide receiver for running back, and I can also get Gainwell thrown in. I'll make that move and get him thrown in with the potential that he could be the starter if I've got the bench spot. He's that. He's the guy that I want in that backfield at the price because he's going to be next to free, and he might have a chance to be a starter for the end stretch on a really good offense that is going to put up points and will be ahead. And like we talk about game scripts, we'll be leading a lot of games and we'll be salting games away by running the ball. And I don't think Swift and Penny can stay healthy. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair point. Can't you just see it now, like a Thursday night football game, Philly? It's just crap weather. The fans are angry, and Jordan Howard is just wearing like that black Philly uniform, <laughs> yep. and he's just he's got like sixteen carries for like ninety eight yards. You picked him off off the waiver wire for free, yep. and he's like a league winner. It's just, and then right, and then you start Boston Scott's Boston Scott against the Giants because he's going to put up like eighteen touchdowns against the Giants in two yep. games. So. Right, DFS weeks, there's weeks where I'm going to be throwing Gainwell in my DFS lineup because he's going to be dirt cheap. And as soon as one of those goes down, he gets a ton of value. And as soon as the second one goes down, his value skyrockets, and he's still going to be probably pretty cheap for the first couple weeks in DFS. But dynasty-wise, I like him as a dart throw late. Like, when you're talking handcuffs, I'll take him over. You know, I'll take him. I'm going to take him over maybe Pierre Strong, right? Like, over someone who... Sure. really needs an injury. I'm going to take him. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take him over like Tyler Algier or those kind of guys because he needs really two injuries to get in there. But really, those two guys in front of him have a huge injury history that I think he has the opportunity to start two, three games this year. Yeah. yeah. I think he's a good best ball candidate. You know. Oh, yeah. Great best ball candidate. Yep. Sit on your bench and probably get a couple spot starts in there. Um, but, yeah, man, that was – Dustin, I appreciate you joining no us. Problem. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'd love to give you a, a minute or two to, to kind of drop. I know that you talked about a little bit of what you're doing at the beginning of the show, but if you want to drop any upcoming projects or upcoming pods that you're going on or, or anything that you want to plug real quick, just go on ahead. Yeah, so right now on my Twitter, um, so I was at the draft in Kansas City, and I was lucky to score. Um, I don't know if you guys saw they had those reimagined logos that they were showing on the screens for the draft. I managed to score one of the banners that had all of them on there. Nice. So I'm doing a giveaway. So Ravens were last week. Someone won that. Currently this week, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it is literally, I think it's like four by three. It's the Skull Tampa Bay logo. I'll be doing one a week for the next basically 30 weeks. Um, so all you have to do to enter is follow me on Twitter and then retweet it or retweet, quote tweet it. We use the hashtag uh, draft logo giveaway. But if you just retweet, it's pinned on my Twitter. And then I just do a winner every Monday, and then I send you the banner. It's great. You can mount it. Like, they're big. They're Some of them are taller. This one's taller than wider. I think the Ravens one is, like, five feet by four feet. They're nice, and it's, like, this jersey material. They're real nice banners. They're reimagined logos. I think it's one of the only 
surviving banners left from the draft. Like they were all getting thrown out. I lucky caught the guys as they were tearing down, asked what they were doing. They said I could have it. So I li- it was like a hundred foot banner and I literally was like carrying it to my car and like my friends helped me carry it. So I'm doing those giveaways out for the next 30 days. Uh, I'll be on the pewter cast tomorrow, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. And then uh, I just dropped my Dalton Kincaid article this week. So Twitter's the best place to find me because I write for QB list. I'm the content director for dynasty pros and I do stuff for dynasty nerds, but the giveaways are a big thing. I'm striving. I'm striving for 5k followers, 5,000 5, followers before the start of the season. I'm at 3,400 or 30, something like that. So um, I think this is a great way to connect. So if you know someone who's a Tampa Bay fan or you're a fan of another team, like share this one. And if you win this one, you can say you don't want it and you can keep, just keep an eye out. So Steelers will be coming up. I think I'm going to do probably Jets or Lions next week, maybe Colts. Like they're all really cool logos. They're pretty much a one of one item at this point because I don't know who else has one of these banners because <laughs> they were all getting thrown out pretty quick. I sure some of them got stolen, but. I haven't seen any on eBay, so I think it's a pretty cool item. Just trying to give back to the community, connect with some fans, uh, gain some Twitter followers, and just you know let people have something they can mount on their wall or mount on a bigger piece of fabric as like a flag. So that's on my Twitter. And then, yeah, I'd be dropping some articles like my Dalton Kincaid one um, just periodically. I have a monthly article that will be coming out at the end of May. So just check me out on Twitter. I appreciate you guys having me on today. Yeah, awesome. Thank, yeah. Thank you for coming on, yeah. Yeah, I, right. I got my start at Dynasty Pros, actually. Uh, Bob yeah. Miller and Tommy Harvey and stuff, they yep. helped me out a lot in, my, in the beginning stages of my writing, so I got a lot of respect for Dynasty Pros. So. Yeah, we're, we're, we're making some good headway. We're growing. We've got a lot of great people over there, and we're just trying to pump out content, both written and video, and uh, see where it goes. Like, you know, my goal is to eventually do this full-time someday, and then right now it's a part-time gig, And but we'll see where it goes. And I just – I was talking to someone. It's – I don't – I have goals, but like I'm just going to keep putting out good work. And if it's one person that sees it and helps them win a championship, it's worth it for me, right? If it's a hundred people, if it's a million people, I don't care. It's about putting in the good work. I try to come on these podcasts and be logical and give people some good takes and some good info. Um, and I think that's what we have to get to as content creators. I think a lot of us as content creators get frustrated and and just look for the clicks and the likes and the followers. And then when we don't get it, we get frustrated and quit. I, I just want to help people enjoy fantasy. Whether if you want to trade, if you want to do IDP, I'll connect you with IDP guys. If you want to do contract leagues, I'll connect you with the guys at front office pros who do kind of contract leagues. If you want to do IDP, we got IDP guys at Dynasty. You know, if you want to do redraft, if you want to do keepers, if you want to talk last place punishments, I love that kind of stuff. Like, just hit me up on Twitter. I love talking football, whether that's real football, fantasy football. I just love connecting with other football fans. It's it's a ton of fun. Right on. Yeah, go go follow D Unit on Twitter. The D Unit. Not done it. Go follow D Unit. <laughs> um, JC, you have anything to add? Anything going on with you before we no. log off? No, a lot Nothing? of a lot of a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Had a, a ton of fun talking to Dustin. First time getting to talk to him on in person, at least. So really cool getting to talk to him. Knows a lot about football, so definitely go definitely go follow him. Follow my guy, Nerd Boy Takes. I have a article about the twenty twenty four running back class coming out uh, probably Friday. So I, I did the quarterback class last week on my Substack. Nice. So check that out as well. I mean, I guess it's never too early to put faces to those 2024 picks as well. So always constantly, constantly going, you know, rookie drafts there are never fully, never truly over. So. Never. Yes. We're always looking for the next year. It's always <laughs> next year, next year, next year. But um, all right. Thanks for tuning in guys. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.